This is the very first podcast recording that I'm doing from my new office, new house, new podcast name. And I am so excited that my guest today is Jess Marin, who essentially was my doula for the creative process that was bringing Web8 into the world. Jess is a student of psychology, a lover of the arts, a creative genius, a beautiful human being, and founder of Paradigm Studios. Here we sit down to have an off-the-cuff conversation around the individual journeys that we went on as part of the Web8 creative process, how it required us to take a leap into the unknown to bring forth a vision that didn't yet exist, how I got connected to Jess and her creative studio, and what role the hummingbird played in us both saying yes to working together, how the download for the new podcast name and vision came in for me, trusting the path, trusting the unknown over and over in both creative relationships and in personal relationships, choosing to be a conscious creator of your life, balancing the masculine and the feminine, and how that showed up in the Web8 creation process, where the name Paradigm comes from, and how sometimes a relationship has to seemingly fall apart to be rebuilt stronger. And in the end, Jess shares some of her favorite poems, which I'm still taking in because I was so moved by them. And one of the biggest through lines in this conversation is being of service to the being that is the creative idea, that is the business that wants to come through you. Remembering that it is something that is beyond your human preferences and it requires continually co-creating with the unknown. May this conversation support you in your own creative pursuits and in trusting your visions, trusting yourself, and trusting your soul. Here's Jess Marin. Jess, welcome to my podcast, Web8. You are the first guest under the new name, and I am so excited that you are because you are somebody who was behind the scenes with me in this whole process and it feels really special to have this like symbolic conversation um, that takes us both behind the scenes but also into the future and the vision of why we were brought together and what's coming next welcome thank you so much it's truly an honor to be here today and also it's been such a beautiful journey behind the scenes and being able to witness the transition or the birth of the creation of Web8. Hmm. So there's a really cool story of how the whole name unfolded and I'd like us to go there. And I also want to go into your work and what's Paradigm and how I got connected to you. So I think I'll actually start there of how we got connected because there was so much beauty and kind of in synchronicity and choosing to trust moment by moment and intentionally creating this vision of working together. So the first time I heard about you is through my friend, Hillary Perlson, who's been on the podcast 
several times. She is an incredible Akashic Records reading and an incredible human being. And I put it out there that I am ready for the podcast redesign. And it's been brewing for many years. And she just mentioned your site. And then actually later on, she said, the moment I saw the website, I thought of you. Hmm. And the moment I went on the site, which, which, which was right there on the call, it was just like, yes, I am going to reach out to these people. And this feels so aligned and so beautiful and so expansive. And kind of taking the energy that I already had for the vision of the podcast and putting it in human visuals. And it showed me that, yes, it is possible to create something that feels like it's from the future, something that's not a design of today, but a design that's on the horizon that doesn't exist yet. That's how your website felt. And I knew that gave me the clarity of the language and the energetic imprint of where I wanted to go with the podcast. So I reached out to you right away. We got on the call. And on the first call, I remember you kind of... Uh, I don't know, you like jumped up and said, oh my gosh, there's a hummingbird in the room. I see hummingbirds <laughs> all the time, but they never come into my house. Mm -hmm. And I'm constantly looking out for spirit um, signs and for different animal medicine that is always guiding us. And I was at the time in my office at, in the tiny cabin where I'm always looking out for owls or deer or snakes. And... I brought out my friend Allison Charles's book, Animal Power. I read the medicine of the hummingbird, which I don't have the book with me at this temporary place right now, but I from what I remember. Oh, it. will you pull it up and read it <laughs> for us? Of course. I, I have the page actually open. I was hoping that you would tell this Amazing. story. The energy medicine of the hummingbird, it says, align with me to be able to swiftly connect with joy in all situations. My flying abilities, parentheses, I am the only creature who can fly backward, and parentheses, remind you it's possible to be lifted by experiences and memories that once felt hard. There is joy to extract from everything. And I mean, it goes on, but I think that really just kind of captured the moment. Mm -hmm. Wow. And I'm getting like all these other dimensions of the process that's been working together and birthing this vision in collaboration with you, I'm getting the full scope of the medicine and what I'm moving through and what, how I can be more graceful as it unfolds. Because I remember on the call, your energy, my energy, the vision, everything felt so easy and like such an easy yes and such an easy match. And there was part of me that's like, wait, can it be that easy? You know, it's not used to being that easy. Mm -hmm. And something that I've been thinking about a lot is I'm reading, rereading Wayne Dyer's Wishes Fulfilled. Mm -hmm. And there's this one profound invitation that I've been really waking up and going to sleep and thinking about every single day. And he talks about how all of us have this God spark within us. And our job is to get present to it and then allow it to grow. I went to this mm -hmm. Qigong class yesterday in, in the park and it was a very similar experience where we got invited into imagining this kind of spark two inches beneath the belly button where the umbilical cord would have been when we were embryos. 
and imagining a spark there and then imagining it start to glow and grow in the body and grow and grow and grow. And it's the same with this invitation by Wayne Dyer, where he says, your only job is to be present to it and allow it to permeate your life. Mm -hmm. And the way I see it is really permeate every area of our lives. And when we act that way, when that's what's guiding us, when we trust that that's what it is, things can be that easy and things can be that graceful. And like you said, before we started recording, it doesn't mean they're rosy, mm -hmm. but it means that even when it gets seemingly human complicated, mm -hmm. it's exactly where it's meant to be. And it's for the highest good for everybody involved. Mm -hmm. And I can see with what you share with the hummingbird, how it's still so, because for me, one of the most difficult things in the world is receiving. Mm -hmm. I'm so used to doing everything myself. I don't like having to ask for things mm -hmm. when there's like a, an edit or a typo or I need something extra. Like there's like a feeling of, um, I guess I'm like afraid to come off angry and unhappy mm -hmm. and demanding. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that's one of the reasons I've never enjoyed managing people or having people really help me with anything. And so as I was looking at the final designs you sent me this morning, right before this, there was like all these emotions that were coming up as I was noticing just like a couple of design tweaks that I still wanted to be implemented. Yeah. And I realized it was such projection. Mm. Like the projection was that they're going to think I'm demanding and bitchy. Mm. <laughs> and that I, you know, that I want all this attention after they over delivered on the assets when like that's not up to me your reaction mm. is not up to me my yes. only job is to be in service of the vision of this being that is this podcast that is not even me you know yes um mm -hmm. so hearing what you said about the hummingbird like hard things can't don't have to be hard anymore mm -hmm. i'm like whoa i've been making it hard in my mind mm -hmm. the whole time but it's my choice and i choose to let go of it right now mm. I mean, that's something that you said from the beginning of this project. You said, this this is not me, right? Like this project needs to come through me and it's an expression of me. And of course, I'm I'm somewhat a container for Web8, but it's it's not me. And so when I hear you say again, like I just need to be in service of what is trying to come through, that's such a beautiful reminder and such a gift actually to anyone who has a creative project or has something that they're trying to birth or bring into the world, it's so important to remember that it's not us. And there's so many places I would love to go with what you just kind of outlined for us. But what's kind of sticky right now is you feeling like you could be come across as angry or not grateful or, or something. And it's like those programs that we have that's actually something that I really try to work through with women because selfishly, I'm then working through it with myself because we can control how we react to each other in, in any moment when we're on a creative project together. And, you know, I've been on sets before where tensions and energy gets really interesting. And the only way through that is with truth to service the greater goal. Mm. And yeah, I mean, I have so many more tangents than I that I could go on around that. But I think working with you on this project was it really encapsulated exactly what I want to be doing with my clients, with the women who I work with specifically. It's really this like 
coming back home to the self. Um, that's something that I end up saying to women often when we're working together. It's like coming back home to the truth of purity and that we're not bad for wanting to convey something based on this image that we may have in our mind or that's coming through us. So what's interesting about this conversation that we're having is like in so many ways, we're trying to put words to really abstract feelings. And that's why like it may be helpful to just kind of talk about the experience of bringing web eight, bringing the cover art to life and what that looked like along the journey. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And before we go there, I want to Hmm. I guess the words that come to my head is close the loop, but mm. there's really two loops because it is an infinity sign. So close one loop and know that there's another one somewhere there too. And what you were saying about the importance of communication on these creative projects, I was thinking, where did I even pick up this story? Because for me, it works on both ends, whether I am the client or the boss asking for something and thinking, wow, this is probably going to come off like angry or unhappy or disappointed. Uh, but also when somebody wants something from me, I also have the same experience of, I'm trying to put the words in it. The words would probably be, I did something wrong. I'm wrong. Something's wrong. And I don't know if it matters where it comes from, probably very likely that it comes from the Soviet kind of schooling that I was in where you kind of sit quiet and act nice. Don't ask many questions and get the best grade you can mm -hmm. and don't ever question or challenge the system or anything around you. But I really appreciate you offering the safe space of being able to talk this through and expose this and at least pose the questions because I don't have the answers but I know that being able to express all of this it is an important piece of the healing, whether there is an answer or not. Like mm -hmm. I know healing just occurred by me being able to be heard. Yes. Yes. And even, Ksenia, like in the way that our emails have, have communicated back and forth, also circumstantially, we don't know each other. We're working together on the first on, on our first project together, right? At the beginning of this project. And so at that point, like there's always that tinge of like, hey, I want to be really professional and I want to, you know, make sure that I'm like very articulate. But I actually think the first bump in the road with creative projects is the, the biggest opportunity that we have. And so that's why I just, I love your ability to express with like such truth, what wasn't hitting for you? And and honestly, just just tell me if I'm like jumping maybe ahead too much because I want to make sure you guide this. Oh, you go for it. You go for <laughs> it. We're co-guiding it. Okay, we're co-guiding it. So, you know, our first, from my perspective, our first ever conversation was so expansive and you really dropped me back in to the present moment. You know, I oftentimes get on calls and, you know, I need to be quite performative and I need to talk about KPIs and I need to, um, you know, pitch ideas that are not yet sold. And the conversation that you and I had when a hummingbird literally flew into my living room and looked at me for a moment, there was no way to escape that we were going to work together and it was going to be profound for both of us. Um, 
so we embarked on the journey and I just remember walking back from my morning walk. I was walking home and I was thinking about you. This was a couple of days after the call. And I thought, wow, here is a human being who I didn't know uh, just a week ago. And now I can feel her essence. I can feel the way she sees the world. And I can see the level of presence and the level in, of integrity that she brings into everything that she does. And what I do within my work is I then saddle up for that. I'm like, let's go. We're going to be calling each other on on you know, staying in integrity and being really honest and really truthful. And the first time we delivered something to you where you were like, oh, this isn't it. That was such a beautiful opportunity for, for both of us to heal and to, to show up and to, you know, for, for me, it could have been really easy to say, okay, maybe this isn't a great match. And why don't we just go ahead and, and do what's fair and wrap the project here. And like, I can put you in touch with some other creatives, you know, those things ran through my brain, but I knew that that wasn't what was for us, if that makes any sense. Like I knew there was something else there. If, if we could sit in a bit of the discomfort together. Mm. Yeah. And I know that for me, the tendency when something doesn't go the way I think it needs to be going, my first reaction is get out of the relationship, Yep. quit, leave, go run. <laughs> yeah. That's just always been my default. And Eric, my husband, has been the first relationship in which he would actually, probably energetically, but in the vision I'm just kind of seeing now, like it, it's this visual of somebody taking you by the shoulders and just like lovingly sitting you down on the couch and be like, okay, we're going to talk. So instead of me going into the all of the shadowy corners of my own mind about the relationship and why I'm out, mm. he would actually create the safe space for me to say it all. And then receive it and be like, oh, wow, yeah, I hear that. And this is where we can go from here. And I'm not going to make you do anything. I can't make you do anything. And this is where I'm at. And these are the possibilities. And it was so uncomfortable and scary at first. Mm -hmm. But then it became the biggest wall I feel like I've ever had a chance to break through mm. in this human experience so far. And so this experience that you were speaking of reminds me of that mm -hmm. um, and how easy it is to press the eject button, which mm -hmm. is watch Top Gun, so I'm thinking about that. <laughs> <laughs> but not only Eric helped hold the space for me to talk through what was not aligned in that design, first design you proposed, mm -hmm. but you accepted it. You could have said, oh yeah, you're right. We just are not on the same page and I really respect you, mm -hmm. um, but this is not worth continuing. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. you actually held the space to hear hundreds of pieces of feedback <laughs> that I had together with Eric and actually play with it and take it mm -hmm. somewhere. And that's where it unfolded. Yeah. And just to bring it back. I was able to hold a lot of feedback on the the creative because I knew it was coming from a source of truth. There could have been edits or suggestions that you were making that I would have maybe postured a little bit more towards because if it wasn't in if it wasn't coming from this pure source of truth, I think I can detect that and I think I can detect if 
if clients are being maybe just needy or if they don't know what they want. But I knew there was a clarity from you and from Eric. And so it would have taken a lot more for me to actually throw in the towel on this project. But I think it's beautiful to look at how, from your perspective, you were feeling, oh my gosh, maybe this isn't right. I need to hit eject. Maybe I need to run before I start making requests. And then, you know, people perceive me as, you know, that fear that you have of being perceived as of uh, wanting too much or, or whatever that narrative is that you have. And from my perspective, I was kind of thinking, okay, we're going to need to to kind of bear down a little bit more here. But I was so many steps away from being like, this is too much. I would have, this is like, this is an unreasonable request that just like absolutely never crossed my mind. And again, I think it's because you came into this project with such, uh, such clarity you were able to hold that so gracefully through the entire project. And I just really hope that you can that you can hear that and see that because you were an absolute dream to work with. And even without looking at how we both were able to kind of grow and do some healing within this project, also just on a tactical project basis, like you're you're an absolute dream. So just know mm. that. <laughs> mm. Thank you. And what I also want to say, it's interesting that on the one hand, I did have the clarity that you're pointing to energetically. Mm -hmm. And I knew that you felt me and understood me in it. But on the practical side, I didn't have the name. Mm -hmm. And that was a kind of a void that I knew I needed to step into for the clarity to unfold. It made no logical sense for me to say yes to working with you and sign the contract and not even know what mm -hmm. the name is. Mm -hmm. Like there was this practical fear of, okay, well, does that mean I'm putting this creativity and this like spiritual realm download on a timeline mm -hmm. of pressure? What if it drops in and then the next day I wake up and it changes and I have, would have spent like all this energy and all this money and it goes nowhere. And so all of that needed to be put on a shelf and I knew that I was being called into this realm of unknown and trust. And so what happened was really profound because I've been calling in the new name for a long, long time. When I changed the podcast name uh, a little over a year ago to one name and then to my name, like I knew these things were placeholders for something that wasn't yet time. I wasn't yet the vessel to receive that full picture. and. So the fear was, what, what are we doing here? This makes no sense. And then after we signed the contract, had our kickoff meeting, within about a week, I remember driving to acupuncture. And on that windy road in the Catskills, the download just started pouring in. It just came in as the name and then all of these words and concepts and taglines and um, the whole world of the podcast started dropping in and it all made sense. And I remember laying down on the acupuncture table and the needles start going into me. Shout out to Jason and Dawn, whose clinic I went to in the Catskills. They're the best. And even the fuller vision downloaded and it was so clear. It was like, here you go. <laughs> here you go. It's done. And can you can you go into that a little more? Like what it, I mean there's so many angles I want to ask you about but you know what does it feel like when you're getting a download like that and then more specifically around web 8 like what how was it 
downloading into you. Mm. Hmm. So from what I understand, we all receive downloads in different ways. For me, it is claircognizance. So it just drops in as a knowing as if it was already there and I just hadn't turned my head far enough to see it. And what's interesting is that the vision and the feeling is very much still similar to what the podcast was in the very beginning when I started it four years ago. And even the words I used to describe it are very much similar. It's how can we be connected to the realm of the infinite while expressing ourselves through the tool that is the internet and social media um, and utilize it for connection and meaning and creativity and art. And so what dropped in was the name and some of these phrases that broaden the world, which is conversations that weave inner and outer technology as a vehicle for your soul's expression in the world connected to the web of life and expressing your medicine through the largest web humans have ever woven the internet and this idea that when we are rooted down into the mycelial networks and the roots of trees and the earth when we are rooted down that way we don't need to grasp outside as much and really my intention has always been that the conversations on the podcast whether it's me sharing my stories or the guests they are not a blueprint of how things need to be done but they are stories that activate a knowing that is unique and already within you for each person listening and so eight representing that infinite possibility that i always have held in the vision of the podcast and web representing being a creator of your own reality and remembering that it's a choice that if you don't make that choice then you will just feel like you're being taken on a ride that you have no say in and it's not as fun in my experience mm -hmm. that's kind of a few things that came in it feels like it always has been there And then there's just like a human language that gets dropped on top of it. Mm -hmm. That's so, uh, I don't even have words to describe that, but it's beautiful to hear the way you talk about it. And um, yeah, it just sounds when you describe it like a knowing. Mm. And I said, a I shared a little bit with my husband. He didn't like it at first. Mm -hmm. He said, it sounds too masculine. <laughs> and it was interesting. You know, I can see how it does and it's meant to bring that first reaction. And I find it interesting that we associate, I think culturally the internet and web and technology with masculine energy. Um, and one of the invitations with this podcast and using the word web which on the one hand is very feminine in that it represents a spider and this universal weaving and to me it has like this grandmother medicine energy. But on the other hand, web is used as this masculine internet technology and it doesn't have to be one or the other. And I think there's such beauty of the dichotomy of exploration and putting it in a different context, which when you look at the cover design, yeah. um, it is very feminine 
And there is some masculinity with the codes in the back that hold it all together. And so it's this invitation of co-weaving and bringing it together and perhaps even redefining why do we see internet as something ruled by the boys? It doesn't have to be. Mm -hmm. What I like about what you're saying is when talking about web eight and the, the cover art, which is such an expression of what is within the show, it's, it's interesting that we kind of went back and forth talking about like the masculine and the feminine on many of our like discovery calls. And then on the first iteration, which was not it, the first iteration of the cover was not the one that, that everyone who's listening is looking at now or that it's, it will never see the light of day. But <laughs> what was so interesting is that we almost needed, I mean, my team is all women and I work with predominantly women as my clients, not all, but the majority of, of folks who I work with are women. And it's almost like we needed Eric to come in and we needed like a bit of a masculine container in order to get to the fullest expression, which is, to your point, quite feminine, but also very balanced. Like when I look at it, it feels feminine leading, but a, a really balanced expression of co-weaving and co-collaborating. Um, so I love the conversation around masculine and feminine. And um, I think that even if, if looking out into the world and what needs to happen within the world, I think we need to co-lead. I don't think it can just be like, oh, masculine is leading or it, we need to be more feminine in any situation. I really think there needs to be such a balance of masculine and feminine and especially in creativity. Yes. And it was such a cool experience for Eric as well. So what happened is I was reviewing the design that didn't work and I was trying to put my finger on words to explain what about it didn't work. And so he came in and with his artistic vision, he put everything I felt into words. He joined us on the call and I was thinking, what are they going to think? Like, who's this man just like jumping into this conversation we've been having for weeks now. And you're right. It was so helpful. He was able to um, bring through so many elements of this. Like he brought in all of the codes ideas and the mountains in the back and the molecules and the neon, uh, so much of it he he was able to pull in and I don't know if I would have thought about it myself and that's kind of how our life my life with Eric is he brings in things I didn't yet know I wanted and for him he said it was an incredibly powerful experience as well because as an artist he's never really been able or didn't have an opportunity to work with a team to offer direction and have this collaborative moment with and he felt so affirmed in his vision. So it was this moment, this opportunity for healing for everybody involved. And what was very interesting, a moment that I want to rewind to that I didn't mention is that I remember when we got off our first call, when I was thinking, wait, so is this, it's going to be that easy. I don't have to like look around, shop around, compare, get quotes, whatever the process is that people in my mind typically do when hiring a design agency. And I just, it felt right. And I allowed myself to sit with it. And then I wrote down a note 
and I put it on my desk and it said, I invite in XYZ amount that signified what you quoted me this project would be to come in with grace and ease for the most expansive design experience of bringing this podcast cover into the world for everybody involved. I'm butchering the words a little bit right now, but that was it. And then within days after that, I actually signed a deal with a brand that was for an amount that was very, very close to that. And so there was no denying in that moment for me that the hummingbird and me putting that prayer out there and that deal coming in with that amount that I needed, it was all just affirming a yes. And that when we allow that spark to permeate every decision that we make, then yes, it can feel guided and synchronistic and magical every step of the way. And so I ask for this experience to be expansive. And expansive means there's opportunities for communication and growth and healing. And that's exactly what it was. For folks who are listening who don't know, I also produce podcasts. And so I'm having a really interesting experience being on your show. And I'm thinking like, don't, don't click into producer. Don't click into producer. Like <laughs> it's actually such an interesting mind fuck. Um, but what I'm gonna click into producer for one second and I'm That's gonna true. say, I feel like we're kind of talking around the experience of what happened. And I am a Scorpio, and so I'm very much let's just like put all of it on the table. And what I would love to offer to the listener is kind of this like this snapshot of what exactly we're talking about, which kind of caused maybe like a a fork in the road or an opportunity to either give up on the project or go deeper. I would love to give the mic to all of your Scorpio aspects (laughs) and make it clear because I think you're right. Like to us both, it's so clear what we're talking about, but perhaps the listener will be helpful and perhaps fun to actually hear the story. And I'd love to hear it from your perspective. Okay. And I would love to share because I think that we just, of course, we're experiencing it together, but from two very different perspectives. So I kind of want to start with the first time we ever jumped on a call. I want to state that like, I, I didn't know what to expect, but I knew I can like read energies through emails, of course. I think we all can if we're really paying attention. And the first email you ever sent, I was like, oh, okay, this is a new human in my ecosystem. I'd love to to see what she's all about. And of course, I did the research before jumping on a call with you to learn about who you are, listen to a little bit of a touch of one of your pod episodes, look at you on social. And I was like, okay, I like what this chick is about. Like, let's let's see. But the first time we ever got on a call together, I want to tell you, I felt intimidated. Mm-hmm. I felt like this woman really knows what she wants. And am I going to be able to give that to her? And I think that's really interesting, you know, acknowledging that you didn't even know the name, right? Like the content of our conversation was, hey, we don't know what's going to really become from this, but we know we want a new branded design for the podcast cover. But short of that, like we knew nothing else. And yet everything that I was getting from you energetically was, this woman's clear. This woman's really certain. This is a no bullshit project. So having that experience, again, like I said earlier in this conversation, really dropped me in and really helped show me what I was working with. 
I was game. I was like, yep, let's go all in truth, not hiding, right? Like I knew very quickly that I couldn't hide from you. When you're in the service industry with creative work, it's really such a balance between putting your own creative soul into the project and trying to give your client what they're looking for, right? Mm -hmm. So I find that some design studios specifically can get really into the space of we just need to service the client. We need to give them exactly what they're looking for. And that's one way to do business. And I'm not saying that I haven't done business that way before, but when it came to you and I working together, I knew that that wasn't going to fly. I knew that it wasn't just a white label situation. And I sat with that for a, for a minute and I was like, okay, I'm down. Let's Let's go there. So we went there and we had such a cool conversation and a hummingbird flew into the living room and, you know, we got off the call and I think we were both pretty jazzed. We were both like, whoa, okay, some life, a spark of energy. And, you know, a couple days later, you had texted me telling me about the kind of the prayer or the the intention that you had set and you were letting me know that the intention had already come through and you felt really clear and really ready. And for me, that was another sign of like, okay, she's also not, she's not bullshitting anything. You know, she's also ready to come to the plate. So something you said to me on our first call was how long will this take? Because I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I can be somewhat impatient. And I said, well, usually these things take, you know, about three months. And you were like, wow, that just, that seems like a lot of, a lot of time. And I was like, it it does. And, and it can be, but in the back of my mind, I just knew we weren't, you know, we weren't going to cruise through it in like a month. I knew that there was going to be something that had to come up. So we took our first kind of discovery call and I, I brought in Melissa and shout out to Melissa. She is the designer behind the Paradigm website that you see today. She's the designer behind the web eight cover art that we're all looking at and talking about here. And she is truly, truly a talent. And, you know, I had briefed her on this project and she was so excited. And so I bring her in and we have our discovery call and we look at your mood boards and we're taking notes and everything's feeling juicy and exciting. And I remember we got off that call and Melissa said to me, I think I have to be more spiritual in order to keep up with what you guys are talking about on these calls. And I was like, no, 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 you're good. You stay in your zone of genius. And like, we'll, you know, Ksenia and I will, will riff about, you know, spirituality whenever it comes up, because that's just kind of how we communicate. So I was feeling really good about where we were at. And we were ready to show you V1 of the design. And There was some back and forth going on between Melissa and I, and I wasn't able to see the final design until moments before we jumped on the call to present to you. And we walked you through what we had, and the energy was kind of like you can hear in my voice right now. It was like a little disappointing. You know, we wanted to give the space to talk through the design, and you were so gracious in, you know, hearing us and and pointing out a couple of things that you liked. And, you know, you were kind of like a bit reserved about what you didn't like. And we got off the call and I just knew. I was like, that design didn't hit. Mm-hmm. And we have to kind of see how how this unfolds next. And I don't know if it was that evening or if it was the next day, but you 
sent me an email and it was how do I say this? Like it was very long. Just <laughs> it, it wasn't that long, but it was it was really detailing your feelings. And you were just, you were just so honest. Like I, you were just so honest and you were not critical or attacking um, or, or condescending towards the work that had gone into this, but you expressed very clearly, you know, here are the things I don't like, here are the things that I asked for that I'm not seeing. And I don't trust that we're going to get to a place where I feel happy about this project. And I read that last sentence a couple of times. That wasn't how you ended it. You ended it by saying like, you know, let me know how this lands for you and what you're thinking. And But I read that sentence. I don't trust that we can get to a place where I'm going to love the design. And I, I read it a couple of times. And that was really like a, an opportunity for both you and I. That little tiny moment may sound to some people like, oh my gosh, like you're being so sensitive or, or something. But that moment meant a lot because it meant to me that you felt safe enough to be vulnerable and to tell me like, yeah, I, I don't really like this design. And it also told me about myself that like I wasn't going anywhere, you know, that I was like, no, we can, I'm still many steps away from throwing in the towel on this project. And I know exactly what you're talking about that you don't like. I don't know the solutions yet, but I know the things that you are detailing that you don't like about this design. I get it. Like I'm I 100% I in fact would and when I gave the feedback to Melissa, she she said, you know, I would never expect us to get the design, you know, greenlit on the first iteration. And you know, that was just her beautiful grounded way of saying like these things happen all the time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I offer that to the listener so that you guys have kind of a sneak peek in in what went down. And I think both Ksenia and I kind of got this knee-jerk reaction of thinking, this is where I could eject. You know, this is maybe the out. Maybe we don't have to follow this through. And I'm just so happy that we both showed up in the way that we did. And I think, again, it's it's very much guided by your ability to really stay in your truth throughout this entire project and know that something was trying to come through you. Because there's also another world where you could have been like, you know what, this design isn't hitting, but here are a couple parts I like about it. And um, let's, you know, let's just, let's just roll with that. But you were very committed and you were really honoring what was coming through you. And I'm just so happy that you did because the version of the artwork that exists now, there's no, absolutely no remnants of the first Mm. iteration. It was a complete rewrite. And you had actually mocked up the version you wanted to see. You were like, I actually landed on this and I kind of like it. And I think my feedback to you was, let's see if we can take this further. To which we tried, you know, we we hired a 3D designer and and wanted to throw in some like 3D elements and like that also wasn't it. And, you know, I at this whole time while this is churning or while this is unfolding, in the back of my mind, my fear is, oh, I hope she doesn't give up on us because I know we can get there. And that's about the time where you brought Eric into one of our calls, kind of unannounced. We just all jumped on our call and and Eric was there and he was like, hey. (laughs) And we were like, okay, hi, what's up? Let's go. And we just ended up doing a live design on the spot. You know, we pulled up Figma and we were like, let's get in here. Let's do it. And um, I think that helped us all 
just feel a little bit healed. Like we were like, okay, we're collaborating here. We're going to get somewhere where we love the final project. And I definitely love the final project, the final Mm. outcome. Yeah. I remember getting off that call and Eric was so certain he said it out loud. He said, I'm very glad this is going to get where it needs to be. Like, this is awesome. And that's not where we started Mm. the call at all. And it was like a complete turn. And I was still shook from how the whole thing went down. And for me, it was also like a big deal to say like, hey, I don't know if you can take me or you're Mm -hmm. meant to take this design where it's meant to go. And Mm -hmm. here are some things that I think we can work on if we are willing to continue playing together. And I am so stoked about the final design. And it's so cool that Eric is weaved into there. And Mm -hmm. there's also so many little elements there that are very symbolic and have been my personal guides on the journey as well from the cup of cacao to uh, the mushrooms, which are the exact mushrooms that were the most prized type of mushroom to find when we went foraging as kids in the forests in Russia. And then there's the ostrich feather that I found in South Africa while we were at the Londolozi Game Reserve right after our wedding in a very sacred Mm -hmm. moment for me, one of the most profound spiritual moments in my life. And then there's this other feather that is, I think it's called Great Argus. Great Great Argus Argus. peasant. And I didn't even know what this means. I just saw it on a nature documentary and I looked up this feather. I put it on my Pinterest board and then Melissa beautifully put it into the cover. And then I'm like, let me just look up what this means. And apparently this specific bird symbolizes being in between the two realms, the spirit and the human. And I was like, all right, this whole thing, every little element is just, is so meant to be and is guiding us. And I feel so excited to share this with the world. I feel like the visuals are just the top of the iceberg of the bigger world and the energetic invitation that is the experience of the podcast and what's meant to be next to it. And I find it to be so interesting that the timing of this with the delays and the back and forth with the podcast design and me not knowing Mm -hmm. when the name would actually drop in Mm -hmm. also aligns with the process of me and Eric selling our house in the Catskills, which was also a test in trust and patience because while we were leaving and moving out, it was still not signed. It was still not a done deal, the sale of the house. And now we are supposed to move into our new place here in Austin, Texas this weekend, and the lease is not signed either. So it's like everything is happening very last minute and requires so much surrender and trust. And this podcast design process has been timed perfectly with me being Mm -hmm. in that void and another piece that I haven't shared with you yet Jess that is so exciting that is also coming together at perfect timing is that I have my first song being produced right now by Reggie Riverbear who was a guest on the podcast and who I worked with to drop into my voice and find that courage to share my medicine in the world through my voice and allow Mm. spirit to breathe through me as my voice. And Hillary, who connected us, I was talking to her last week 
And I was telling her, so I think I'm going to be, you know, revealing the new podcast design next week. It's still coming together. There's all these, you know, pieces of the puzzle. Um, keep thinking about adding a new song to the intro and outro because I've stuck with the same song for four years through all the podcast name changes and my name change and through all the movements. And she said, have you considered using your own song for this? And I was like, whoa, I did not put the two together. Two, those two, they're such sacred pieces of my current self-expression in the world. They are at the center. The podcast is really at the center of the universe of everything I do. And it's wh where the fullness of my heart is present right now. And the song it feels very similar to that. And them coming together and the song produced by this beautiful being that is Reggie, who is so committed to just purity and truth and love being in the world through people expressing their voices. Um, her being the producer and like coaching me through my whole song that was also like a complete download. And then that piece of music being what holds this podcast experience is really freaking exciting and perfectly timed. So on this episode that folks are listening to right now, will the intro music oh, yeah. be your song? Oh my gosh. Can I please hear it before it goes live? Uh, well, you'll hear it this week. I'll share a little solo episode sharing a little bit of a glimpse into why this change is happening and how it came together. That's where I'm going to have the new song be heard for the first time. And it's not the song. You just will hear the uh, kind of vocal, less musical short portion of it, but it gives you a, a mm -hmm. glimpse into what it is. And it's really, really cool. Wow. I cannot wait to hear it. I just know that it's going to be so moving and, and resonating for the soul. So I feel very complete with sharing the process of the podcast birth. It feels like a birth. Like there's so many emotions still moving through my body as I think about it. It actually feels like a birth, which I've used metaphorically, but it's never been this visceral when I bring a project into the world. So thank you for being the doula of it and the co-creator. <laughs> uh, and I would love, I did not expect that this part of our conversation would dominate the full conversation. I have a feeling there might be a part two, mm. part three, part four, whatever, part eight, web eight <laughs> that we record <laughs> at some point. But I do want to hear more about your story and the inspiration behind Paradigm because the website and the world that you've created with your own business is so next level. And the level of mm. truth and authenticity and presence that you bring into every conversation for me has been really refreshing and mind blowing and how mm. we're, we were able to playfully navigate the realm of, yes, we just met and we're professional, but at the same time, exchange a couple of voice notes about hummingbirds and how we felt about our first mm. call. It's been really beautiful. So I want to know where, where do you want to start? I would love to start just by thanking you again um, for, first of all, trusting myself and my studio, Paradigm, with the birth of this beautiful project, which I'm so freaking proud of myself. And I can't wait to put it on the Paradigm site and um, you know share it with 
my community as well because I just think that these are the types of projects that I just feel so grateful that I get to work on. So thank you for trusting us. And also thank you for seeing me because I founded my studio, Paradigm Studios, in 2017. And it's kind of been this this journey or this expression that I've been walking or I've been kind of feels more like teetering on a line where Paradigm is not me, but Paradigm is a part of me and it's an, it's an expression of me. And so I think, you know, you've, you've said that really beautifully with Web8 as well. And I think so many, I'm going to say women just because I am a woman, so many women who create businesses or creative projects or art or poetry that they put out into the world, it's not them, but it's so much of them that it can sometimes feel like either severing or like integrating. And so when I think about my studio, you know, it's gone through many iterations as well. And the version of the website that's live today, again, is so co-collaborated between myself and Melissa. This is the version that feels the closest to my expression, but I would still say that it's like, it's not there yet. I crave more poetry in my work. I crave more nature in my work, but I think the current site is such a beautiful foundational piece. And I think it's it's only going to continue expanding. May I pause yeah. you right there? Because I feel yeah. so grateful that you just shared this. Because when I look and I feel into my podcast cover, I don't know if this is forever and I don't know if this is complete, but I know that there's mm -hmm. an assignment, like a divine assignment to trust that this is it for now and move on because it's so easy to find an external reason to withhold our gifts and our voice and our medicine from the world because, oh, my website isn't there yet. I don't know what my Instagram handle should be or which Instagram handle I want to post under, or I'm waiting for this testimonial, or I'm waiting to launch this online course. Like there's so many reasons we can come up with because having an online business is like a big, enormous puzzle that can keep expanding infinitely if we let it, but choosing to mm -hmm. say, all right, this is a step towards the vision and I'm going to trust that it's going to hold me in moving forward in the world. So beautifully said. And I would love to actually read something that I didn't plan on reading, but as you were talking, you were basically um, saying this kind of this quote that I'd love to read. Um, so I'll start by saying that Paradigm, my studio, the name comes from a book called Mount Analog, and that's by a French writer, René Dumas. And basically this book was gifted to me by my ex-partner, lover, and ex-co-founder of Paradigm Studios. And he gifted me this book when I first moved to the West Coast. And the book is actually an allegory of a spiritual voyage. And it's the journey to reach the inner, the innermost summit within each human soul. And so this this book is told as though it's, you know, several folks um, climbing a mountain, but really it's it's an allegory for your soul's journey to come back home. And so as you were talking, I was thinking of this quote, and it's near the end of the book, and he says, 
Keep your eyes fixed on the path to the top, but don't forget to look right in front of you. The last step depends on the first. Don't think you're there just because you see the summit. Watch your footing, be sure of the next step, but don't let that distract you from the highest goal. The first step depends on the last. Hmm. And you just really made me think of that as you were saying. I don't know if this cover art is the the end, but it's an assignment. And I think I've I understood the assignment and I got to this point. So I can now receive what's next. And you know what's even crazier? Is that as I'm looking at the web aid cover, one of the elements that Eric brought through was there's two summits that mm-hmm. mirror each other and they don't really have a visible peak. So maybe there is no peak. And I don't know if these are mirror images of each other or they're one for me and one for Eric or one for Web8, one for Paradigm. I don't know what exactly they are, but it's fascinating that you brought this in as I'm looking at the cover and thinking about the summits. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's something really big here. I'm just so honored to be able to help you bring it into the the tangible realm. If digital counts as tangible, I always think about that. Does it? <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think that it does. If not now, it will in the future count as tangible. And I think it's more tangible now than it was 10 years ago. And that really trips me up too when I think about Instagram specifically or how we show up on social media for so long i interacted with social media with this kind of understanding or undercurrent of it's not real and there was a certain point when that started to shift for me because it did become real how we exist on instagram is not the purest form of of who we are but depending on how you treat the platform it can be anything from a journal where you do share some things that feel like your core truth, or it can be a channel where you flex and you kind of, you know, blur the edges and take a photo where there's no mess in that corner of the room. And of course, how we interact with social media is, is, um, you know, independent or unique to ourselves. But I feel that there is real community that exists on social media. There's real business that goes on on social media. There's an an exchange of currency that happens. And for me, that means social media is just as real as $100. Mm. If you can say $100 (laughs) is real, right? Which I don't know that you can. What is money, especially now? Yeah. So... Yeah, that's I guess that's what I kind of what I kind of mean and and I think moving into like the metaverse then of course it seems like in the future digital will be weighted as more real than it is today and it'll never be as real as you know where we're sitting but I I don't know I guess I just this is not a well thought, thought out you know, theory. It's just kind of what I think about sometimes. I don't think $100 is real, but I think it's real enough to get me 
a bag of peaches at the farmer's market. And I don't think that social media is real, but it's real enough to get me a client. Mm -hmm. Some places are stopping to accept cash. And that makes me Mm -hmm. second guess how real Mm -hmm. cash really is. And you're right. You know, I think about this all the time. Everything is real and nothing is real. And I think whatever we give our Mm -hmm. energy to and decide to amplify with a presence and with our hearts, that's what's real. Whatever we choose to be Mm -hmm. present with, whatever we choose to amplify, that becomes real in our lives. And there's an infinite possibility, infinite number of choices of what we can choose to amplify. And the more we choose to be powerful creators of our own realities, the more intentional and meaningful and full of synchronicities and connections it will be and hence Mm -hmm. web eight so i love that you're posing all these questions and i love that you don't have the complete perfect answers because that's the whole exploration of the podcast how can we be connected to the nameless spiritual realm and the web that holds all our past lives all our future lives and the present one all at once while knowing that we're also in this human body in this flesh and there are bills to pay and that there's opportunities to heal our stories with money and family and relationships and creativity and self-expression all of that at once and that they're all interconnected and they're perfectly divinely assigned and that the only reason that lessons come up for us is because our creator knows that we have the capacity to push through that wall and we can do it with avoidance and frustration, or we can do it with trust and grace. And that really goes Mm -hmm. for anything, for how we show up on social media, for how we show up on business. And we can choose to think about it in binaries, or we can choose to remember that We are everything and everybody is a slice of this divine tapestry. And the only part of it that we control is the one that is I, I am and nothing else. And that's sometimes really hard as a human (laughs) to not be able to control anything else outside. I was even thinking when I'm visiting my family in Russia, like some of the meals my family will cook some most of the meals they'll ask me what I want because I know that I'm the biggest foodie in the family and I care the most about food and mm-hmm. choices but some of them you know I'll come home and, and and there's a meal and what if it's not something that I wanted and I realized in that example my love of control and mm-hmm. being able to have the choice always and reserve the right to change my mind always And I'm putting this out there now because I'd like to put this on the altar and see, can I actually, through my small actions and expectations, release a little bit of the control that I enjoy so much Mm. and trust even more, even more, even more. It seems like in a lot of areas of my life, I already do that, but there's some smaller areas that I don't. And I wonder, does this coming through? clearly not just for me, but everybody who's listening to this. So how does that apply to you as well? And to you, Mm. Jess, does it? Yeah, no, absolutely. And and what's coming up when you're sharing this is this acceptance of the unknown, 
right? And and I think that's with for me with control, it's I'm trying to control because I want, of course, to predict. I want to know how the future is going to unfold and I want to be able to predict how I'm going to feel and I want to be able to armor myself accordingly, right? And and posture accordingly. So accepting the unknown is that has been a, a big journey for me this year. And you know, I, I hear that in in what you're sharing as well about control. Hmm. How did that come through for you? When did you become present that that's a phase that you are meant to move through right now? Um, well, in the spirit of being a Scorpio who shares everything, I was in a marriage that ended really abruptly and it was unexpected. And everything that was inside of me was lighting up and saying, this isn't it. This isn't over. This can't be it. This isn't how I thought it was going to play out. I married this person. I committed for my whole life to be with this person. And I really had to practice over six weeks of being quite in the grieving process and writing my poetry and going up to cabins to be completely alone with my dogs and just sit in the pain of not being able to eat, which I too am a foodie. So I was, it was really hard for me to like not be hungry. But during all of this, what kept coming through to me so clearly was you have to accept what is right now. And right now you, you don't know. And we never know. That's the thing. We, we tell ourselves that we know what's going to unfold so that we can have some peace, but we really never know. And my marriage actually came back together beautifully and in ways that I could have never imagined. And I actually see our marriage ending as a really, really important part of our journey together and also an opportunity for me to learn so much about Mm -hmm. myself and I'm still learning from that. But one of my biggest takeaways was accepting the uncertainty of what tomorrow brings. Wow. Mm. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. You know, when we first spoke, I think you referred to your husband as partner, Mm -hmm. but then at some point Mm -hmm. I specifically remember you mentioned him as husband and it was kind of a surprise Mm -hmm. for me. I was like, wait, Jess has a husband. And perhaps Mm -hmm. I caught you in a time where you were coming into peace and trust Mm. of the fact that yes you he is your husband Mm -hmm. i love that you picked up on that ksenia there was a very real moment in our relationship and he's a very private person so i don't share you know much about him and i but there was a very important moment in our relationship in our marriage when we decided to fuse back together and when we had uncovered the shadow work for both of us that was propelling us very far apart. Um, And there was a very real moment where I looked at him and I said, I love you, but you don't, you're my, and you're my partner right now and we're together, but you don't feel like my husband. And that was hard. Like we had to sit with that and there was nothing that he could say or do to fix that, right? Like it has to come from within me and the work that I'm doing. And you're totally right. There was a moment where I felt more comfortable saying my husband again. And now, 
of course, I refer to him as my husband as he legally is. Um, but it, it definitely was so interesting how it really didn't feel honest to say those words for mm-hmm. some time. And it really, I can feel into the depth of presence that it takes for the two people in a relationship together to be with those kinds of feelings and address them and choose to trust and take the time and continue the Mm -hmm. conversation. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. There's Mm -hmm. like such deep and powerful transmission Mm -hmm. in that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Thank you for creating a space where I feel that it's, you know, that it's okay to say that that's kind of some of my, um, that's like, those are my journal Mm -hmm. stories. You know, I call them, that's what I like tell to my journal, but I'm, I'm happy to be able to kind of share with you right now. And if I get cold feet, mm-hmm. I'll text Please you do. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yes. You know, something that my mentor who I worked with last year, Michelle Sine, I remember when I w- started working with her, I knew that that meant giving over my life to source and knowing mm-hmm. that things would be rumbled and shaken up and something would be, some things would be chewed up and brought back together stronger and some things would be chewed up and just thrown away Mm -hmm. and I knew it was very clear from the beginning that for me that big foundational piece that was coming to the surface was my marriage as well and honestly Mm -hmm. at first I didn't think that it was going to work out like there was so much Mm -hmm. looking at the places where it felt like there was no alignment and the shadow and the logical mind just can come up with so many reasons why this would just not work out. And then it only took, it took a lot of energy work on the back end, but it also only took really one or two, well, one actually conversation in which I felt Mm. the complete restructuring of the energy of our whole marriage. And the whole experience was just such a reminder that getting married doesn't mean that's it. Like you're good. Um, It's a choice Mm -hmm every single day, whether it's a marriage or a relationship of any other kind, it's a choice every single day. And every single day with our thoughts, our feelings, our reactions, we're creating it. We're bringing it forth into the Mm -hmm. world. We're weaving it. And Mm -hmm. just exchanging vows once means really nothing if we're not living them Mm -hmm. every single day. And it's so beautiful to being the presence of both of these examples where sometimes the thunder breaking things away and making one feel that it's over. And in my case, like, wow, what's going to happen? Like all, all the existential fear that comes with, oh my gosh, am I going to have to rebuild my whole life? Like what, where's, where am I going to start mm-hmm. into something beautiful and something with a lot more room for intricacy and nuance and, all of it. Yeah. And a lot stronger, mm-hmm. right? Because even like our our relationship working together on this creative project, it was only by going through the bumps in the road and not giving up and kind of continuing to show up. It was only from that point could we feel stronger in our creative relationship. And the same is, is with my marriage and sounds like with your marriage as well. So I I think we often shy away, like humans often shy away from what's hard or painful. Obviously, I'm not saying anything profound here, but we like to feel comfortable and safe. 
but oftentimes leaning into those scary conversations and scary, like kind of put it, put all your cards on the table moments. That's actually where the, the growth lies, I guess, or the, the kind of like fusing, not in a codependent way, but the true fusing of like, okay, I get you, you get me. I'm not keeping these cards close to my chest because I can make meaning out of anything, right? And I can I can go towards a negative meaning if I'm holding the cards by myself, but it's only by showing your hand can you really like start to co-collaborate again. And um I think that's what you're saying about your marriage mm-hmm. too. And remembering that marriage is not playing in two separate teams and having a creative collaboration, but really playing on the same team and bringing your cards mm-hmm. together. And yes, honoring the separate individual paths that each one of us is on, but also honoring the path that is the one of togetherness and co-weaving. Mm. Yeah. And I wonder if you can also take that into your future creative projects, like for you to have that mm. that tool, um, which is that it's not you directing people or asking for something. It's really co-creating mm-hmm. with the folks who who show up and who who align with you and then trusting that like the people who you are co-creating with, you know, they're there for that reason because you are trusting your intuition and and the universe is putting the right people in front yeah, of you. It always is. Yes. I choose to trust that and mm-hmm. I know we're at time and you mentioned your poetry and I want to give you the opportunity if you feel called to, to share any of your poetry. You don't have to, but that invitation is there. Oh my gosh, Ksenia, you're, you're literally the greatest human being. Um, I don't have a, a poem of my own to share like ready. I, I actually wish that I had one that I felt really called, but a lot of the poetry that I've written lately was actually during that period of my marriage ending or taking a break. So a lot of it is quite dark, but I do actually have, I do have one more poem by Renee Dumal that I could share that I think is really lovely. And I think it will, it relates to our Let's conversation. Okay. Let me pull her up here. Okay. So this is a poem that has no name. And he says, I am dead because I lack desire. I lack desire because I think I possess. I think I possess because I do not try to give. In trying to give, you see that you have nothing. Seeing that you have nothing, you try to give of yourself. Trying to give of yourself, you see that you are nothing. Seeing that you are nothing, you desire to become. In desiring to become, you begin to live. This is Renee wow. Duall again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's um, a real treat. I hope that this kind of inspires some folks to look into his work. Oof, I will be looking into that. Well, wow, what a beautiful, what a beautiful place to bring us into. And I feel like that was the second loop of the infinity that opened up in the beginning of this conversation. And before we wrap up, is there anything else just that I didn't ask you about that you feel called to share? Hmm, I feel so kind of complete in this conversation and 
anything else that I want to to share is again just truly immense gratitude for you, the woman who you are, the path that you're on, and the leadership that you have, and and your ability to kind of see so much. I mean, actually, actually, I would like to share one more thing. When looking at the cover art of Web Eight and kind of staring at it for a long time, and um, you know, conveying kind of some of your notes over to Melissa, and then looking at it and giving some of my own notes. I was looking at it for a long time, and then I looked up and looked out of my window, and I could see the code had kind of imprinted on my eye, and I was seeing the the backyard and some of the trees and the jade bush with this code layered over it. And I had this like moment where I laughed to myself, and I was like, "Right, this is this is really." a part of what Ksenia is doing. It's really using your lens and the way that you see the world to communicate with the masses or with more people. And so I'm just immensely, immensely grateful that our paths crossed. Thank you, Hillary. And that you trusted me again with your project and also that you see me as a co-collaborator. Wow, that was so cool to hear. This is legit how I see the world. And when you ask me how I get my downloads, this is it. It's through these codes and through the web that is always there if we choose to be present to it. And the fact that that's how you saw it, and that's actually was the first visual that I got for this podcast. It was, I don't remember if I sent it to you or not, because it was so ugly, because I literally just took a picture of my backyard, trees in the backyard, and then uh, using Instagram stylus, my finger on Instagram stories as a mock-up, mm-hmm. I wrote web eight with the Mm. trees in the back. So all these full circles and loops making sense. And thank you for summarizing, summarizing one of the biggest intentions of really why I am alive at this time. And thank you for being open to this conversation and being open and trusting the perfect timing and completion, even if it doesn't feel perfect or complete to the human mind as we're in conversation Mm way beyond the human and the transmissions shared here are way beyond words. So thank you. And I'm excited to see how we'll be, it's not like we're saying goodbye as this project gets closed, but I am excited to see in what other magical, miraculous way the universe will bring us together. Mm. I feel that so deeply. Thank you. And and this is definitely not a goodbye. I think I'm going to, I don't know, text you the Hummingbird Chronicles Great. or something until we decide what I our next always welcome is. animal encounters in my inbox, always. You can find Jess on Instagram at hypotheticallyjess. I am at xenia.brief. And the podcast handle has also changed to reflect the new name and the new world. And it is now web number eight fm so if you're called to share anything from this episode or maybe you're screenshotting a part of this episode that you particularly want to remember or maybe you want to take a picture or video of where you're listening from i would love to see all of it please tag us so that we can see it and celebrate this frequency that we are all tuning into together through time and space tapping into truth, choosing peace, and choosing to be the most radiant and joyful 
and expressed version of you in the world. May you have the courage to listen to the signs, to acknowledge the synchronicities, and to celebrate yourself. And if you haven't listened to episode 213, where I introduced the change behind the podcast, please check it out and make sure you take in the cover art. There's a lot of hidden messages in it, and I would love to see how it's landing with you. I am Ksenia Brief, and this is Web8. Have a blessed rest of your day.